0: Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the first ever episode of Arts and Minds with me, Thomas Clyde. Uh, we had our first guest today, Mr. Eamon Cowan, who is an artist, a graphic novel author, a sculptor, and he's also wrote a song for Christy Moore. These are just some things that I found out about this guy while I was talking to him. Unfortunately, as luck would have it, some technical difficulties came into play with Wi-Fi and stuff, so a lot of it had to be kind of like cut out and it's not all there so we both agreed that it would be best to re-record this when we have uh, uh, better better instruments and whatever because we were lacking a little bit of flow but what we did have we had a good flow of conversation and i got to know a little bit about Eamon and why he does a really really interesting guy really sweet and i thank him so much for being the first guest on this and in this post-apocalyptic fashion considering we're all in quarantine it's all duct tape and bailing wire so i cobbled together what i could Put it in there, and we have ooh about an hour of stuff coming up, which is you know, pretty good for, for our first attempt. So this isn't the first. I suppose this is episode zero. We, we call it that, episode zero, the pandemic episode. And we're going to re-record it, and it'll be you know better. The other thing I want to talk to you guys about is the reasons that. that the first reason is you can't eat exploding right? and you've probably heard it in the intro. You can't, and it's unfair to ask an artist to, you know, do all these things, like these wonderful things that artists do, and then say, oh yeah, you're going to get exposure, do this mural, you get exposure. It's not enough. And this is a platform for those guys to have that exposure, so no one can ever use that excuse anymore. And it's totally wholeheartedly 100% free. I'm not benefiting from it in any way, other than it's doing something that I actually really like doing. That brings me along to my second point. The reason that I'm doing this is because I got like a bad cough, like, uh, before Christmas. Before I knew any of this whole coronavirus stuff was going. And I went to the doctor and, you know, you, I, I had, when I had the bad cough, I coughed the one stage of blood came out. And initially, when you see that, when you see blood come out of your mouth, you're like, oh my God, it's the worst thing. Your brain goes to something rather than just thinking it's probably like a bloody sinus or I cut in my esophagus or you know, something like that. Which is, if you do do that, 100%, definitely go to a doctor, do not take any risk. But 90% of the time, it's something simple. So I went to the doctor and the doctor being the good guy that he is, he says, I think you're okay. I think you're fine, don't worry about it. But because there's blood in your cough, get up and get an x-ray. And I'm like, cool, I'll make an appointment for that x-ray and he's like, no, go up now. So I was like, oh, okay. So, I go up there and I'm waiting on the x-ray and when you're in that state of mind, man, your brain goes to places, you know? And you kind of almost convince yourself that something bad's gonna happen. Because you want to prepare for the worst, but you want to hope for the best. And while I'm in there, you feel kind of powerless when you're in a hospital, you know? Like, that's just one of those things that you do feel. my mind's is going places and it's going to, like, things I didn't do. One of the things I always want to do is do this podcast. Like get out there and talk to artists. Why? Because I want to give them a platform. I want to give something back to the town they're in. And I'm lucky enough that in the area where I am, there is more artists than you can throw your hats at. Like literally one in every three people has some form of an art that they do or whatever. And all of these cats have crazy stories, right? One of the guys that I are loving to interview... And this is another reason why I'm doing it. He was a teacher of mine. I'm not not gonna name-drop him because, you know, whatever, but he actually, sadly, passed away before I ever got a chance to talk to him again. And I know, because I've heard from other people about the stories that this guy had and the places he'd been, things he'd seen, things he'd done, and I just felt like if someone could compress even 1% of that into an hour, it wouldn't have been lost. And I don't know, it's... That that I that I wanted to try and grab at grasp at to give these guys the time that they want to, to give their stories to give their lives so they can so we can kind of understand a little bit more where they're coming from and just to talk about art because that's what they're passionate about and I'm passionate about other people's passions so if someone's passionate about something I want in I want I want to know I want I want them to talk to me so that's why I'm doing this podcast and. It's kind of shitty that the first episode ends up kind of getting getting done bad, but like like I said, it's episode zero. It's not episode one, so that, that's what that's what I'm gonna call it. And hopefully, I can figure all this out and we can get chatting to him properly and have like a, you know a man-to-man sit there and have a good flow of a conversation and get in because this guy's done some crazy stuff. He's had a really interesting life, and I really want to I really want you guys to hear about that. And that's the other thing. Lastly, before we carry on to the episode, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to me, you know, and if you're listening to this, you probably actually know me because I reckon we're going to be pretty local for a little bit. But thank you so much for tuning in and I hope to do this at least every other week, you know, maybe not totally monthly, maybe not totally bi-weekly, I don't know. (laughs) because things are kind of up in the air right now with the whole pandemic. And also, if you are in the pandemic, stay inside, do not go outside. Stay quarantined. Sharing is not caring in these times. The most selfless good act you can do is to sit on your couch. It's the thing that you've been saying to yourself every morning when you've been getting up for work is like, why can't I just stay in bed? Now you can stay in bed, right? And no one's gonna give out to you. You're doing humanity a favor by sitting on your ass and playing video games or sitting on your ass reading a book, Netflix, drawing, go for a walk, you know, doesn't mean you staying stay in the house, you know. It's not 100% lockdown yet. And if you're listening to this in the future, and I know we're going to get through this thing, and we're all going to get through it together, make it could be noted that during this, we've seen some crazy things. We've seen some people get together and, you know, like show show their I don't know their love for one another. And their compassion and everybody getting together and humanity working as one for the first time in the longest time and that's been a beautiful thing to see so stay safe social distancing uh, shake hands at your feet you know don't rub each other's heads and wear gloves and alcohol wipes and yeah enjoy the episode while you're doing all that writer sculptor artist extraordinaire. Eamon, tell me, when did you first start to get, uh, how could I put it, an urge to do art?
1: Uh, when I was a kid, I remember, my father uh, got the notion that he wanted to get rid of the television, um, which he did uh, uh, for, I think it was about 12. And funny enough, you know, we didn't kind of question it, but... Um, I remember turning my attention to comics. I remember, t- t- in particular, the old 2000s uh, and uh, and uh, started copying the drawings from it and seeing the possibilities of, of, uh, of, you know, that particular medium. And I suppose it's been a kind of a love affair ever since with, with, with comics in particular. Um. So that's
0: where it kind of started. And we're like, because I, I myself love comic books. Um, but I kind of, I drifted out of it as a child. Um, and yeah. then I kind of, I, I got back into it when I was a teenager. And I don't know what it is about angsty teenagers and comic books. Because I feel like in the 80s, especially, because a lot of the comics that I read in like the late 2000s were all reissues from of Const- of Hellblazer. And you know, like Watchmen, The Dark Knight Returns, stuff like that really struck me as like, okay, this is something that speaks to me. Do you have that moment as well, like of this is this speaks to me, like this this writer or this artist is speaking to me?
1: I think I did probably it was probably younger Anne, and and you 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 are talking about kind of the DC uh, universe where they seem to They seem to deal a lot with with kind of issues and things, you know. You you know, the way Spider Man, he kind of can't be happy because he has to have, you know, some. They all, that seems to be their gestalt, if you like, which I could see how that would appeal to a teenager. Mine, I was sort of younger and was sort of more the the British comics, which were more fantastical ideas uh, and fantastical possibilities and that was kind of more my what kind of uh, uh what kind of inspired me do you know what i mean rather than uh i know the type of thing you're talking about but, but me it was sort of the possibilities of sort of maybe creating a kind of a magic the best way i can describe it
0: so when you um when you got into that and you were like all right whatever computer. you were you kind of seen a potential for almost like a blank canvas for like, okay, what can I, what can I do with this? So you, you looked at it as like the side of, like a creative side of it rather than, that excuse me.
1: Yeah. That's, yeah. It's, I think that it, it's the idea of, of being able to create an entire universe. That's it. Exactly. That, that you can invent a car, you can invent the buildings or not, or you, you know, you, you we, we, because it's, because it's both verbal and visual, you can um, you know create an, an entirely new sort of you can even you can even create sort of different symbols and the way you place the panels and you can create uh, sort of sub, subconscious suggestions and placement of, of figures and space between figures and there's all sorts of stuff going on there that, that um, it can be kind of linked to a lot of ways um, but it's a special medium on its own I think that's why a lot of comics they simply don't transfer to to movies and sometimes they do but that's why they, they a lot of the times they don't it's it's a, it's a medium of its own and it's regard. Forget- unfortunately it's associated with children which which is kind of you know. The French don't, and in later years it's not like that, but for a long time there was a sort of a, you know, sort of a a prejudice against comics. Are we still connected?
0: i can hear you perfectly um i love on um, again sorry about that i don't look it's, it's fine it's, it's not our fault I, I reckon we'll record this again in person when all this kind of disaster yeah just yeah
1: this is a good dry run because you know what happens to your flow of you know you're your flow for
0: communication is all kind of is all skewed too yeah, it, 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 it fucks with that. But look, we'll, we we will leave as a as a dry run. We, we, we keep going anyway. But um, I yeah, found... we can Yeah,
1: we'll fuck away with this and we'll, we'll, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's so much, but... actually, there's so much I could talk. I could talk for hours on this subject. And on artistic subjects, there's so much I would like to express, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, well, this, this is why
1: this is we, we this here. Do, which we probably have to do. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not saying I've any monopoly I have any, I have any special interest but there is so many fascinating aspects to that That don't you know that that could be discussed
0: um when you, you say there about about comics and about like the it being a special kind of an you know an infrastructure in and of itself right yeah. The reader
1: sort of goes to a sort of place when he's when he gets into it when he gets sort of when he gets into the flow of the comic, he 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 sort of goes to a place that he doesn't go when he's reading or listening to music. And probably, you know, they have their own they have their own sort of place that they go to, but um, you know, skilful artists can can draw the, the the and and writer can just draw the the the, uh, the viewer in, in in a certain unique kind of a way. You know, um, it's it's great if you're a sort of a writer and uh, artist all in one. You can kind of weave your your whole entire universe. But uh, there's an awful lot of work and it's just a problem too.
0: Certain amounts of it are right. Well I think all fiction dictates the future. Yeah and you know
1: we can be very selective too. We, we can of, of thousands and thousands and of, reams of, of fiction that's written. Of course we can pick out certain things and say you know that it, was oh that was predicted.
0: yeah, there, yeah I, w- I would agree. Right, I would agree with that one hundred percent because I've always said that is like we could pick out anything out of anything. But Akira, yeah. Akira is too eerily similar to what's happening right now.
1: Yeah, and there was a guy that wrote two years in nineteen. The, the Titanic sank in nineteen twelve, I think, didn't it? A guy wrote a book in nineteen. You know this, but he wrote a book in nineteen oh nine. I think it was about an unsinkable ship, with exactly the same dimensions, and he called his ship to Titan.
0: That's creepy.
1: That is absolutely true. It had every was on its maiden voyage, every all, it was, it was the same size, and he called the ship the Titan. That's nuts. And um, yeah, um, actually, Edgar Allan Poe wrote a horror story, I think it was called Arthur Gordon Pym, about um, a, a disaster at sea where they ate the cabin boy. Okay, and he named he named the various participants and 50 years later the incident happened with the, with the same people with, the, with the
0: people with the same names. That's, that's, that's insane. no that's predicting the future. that's not a coincidence.
1: But, yeah, yeah. Um, actually he, if you read some of his life, it's very str- and his death is very, very strange. There was very a, strange. there world. was
0: a lot of fucking creepiness around his whole life. Another point to, to lighten that note was that Sylvester yeah. Stallone wanted to direct yeah. a movie about Edgar Allan Poe. Okay. Right? That would be funny. That would be funny <laughs> because a lot of people said, like, is it going to be called Yo Poe? And he, kind of, he, he took it in good faith, but I've heard him talk about it and he really understands Poe, which is so weird when you think Rocky understands Edgar yeah. Allan Poe.
1: Yeah, that is I can't, that. It's hard to make that connection. It's it's very. Well, he, he must be much smarter than his his persona. I mean, to write to write a Rocky movie, the first Rocky movie. To, I mean, I'd everything to write
0: there. Rocky and to write the original Rambo. Right, Rambo one had a totally yeah. different ending, but the studio interfered and changed it. Um, and it was just yeah. that first draft was so good, and he's like, he's a. Fantastic writer. And it just so happens that he's just making more money being an idiot, you know. Yeah, um, he, I, he
1: was there, there was a movie called Copland. I reckon he should have got a damn Oscar for it. Yeah, well, he it, played a sort of wash. You remember that one? It was that was one of his best movies. It was fantastic, and and he, he was acting. He was a he, he can act too. He, but like you say, Maybe, like, the rest of it, he has to play this sort of... He finds himself playing this role that isn't
0: quite it, you know? Yeah. Which is sad, really, because everyone kind of goes into yeah. it. It'd be, it'd be like you. If you, made, if you suddenly broke out and you were the next Alan Moore of comic books, there'd be a certain point where you yeah. kind of have to say, do I want to eat tomorrow or do I literally want to be like Alan Moore? You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. There is. And... um I think a lot of probably decisions made by by by, like subsequent decisions made by uh, boards of directors on on games and and movies. That's how they get destroyed because yeah, they want to be in that place. They want to be in that place that repeats the formula. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, when you try to repeat it, sure you're, you're already lost. It has to be new, it has to be a new idea. You can't just say we'll make this movie again and I will, will go with that thing that worked, that's that's obviously not going to work. That's the way they seem to go.
0: It is, and I want to give you an example, right, of what happens when you just take the hands off the people and leave business where business is and leave art where art is, right? There's two examples, both, yeah. both come from Japan, right? There's way back yeah. in 1995 after the breakout hit of Resident Evil for the PlayStation One, Konami put, yeah. put together a team. Uh, to make a clone, essentially, out of this game. And there was nothing yeah. coming out of this studio. So they nicknamed it Team Silent Hill. Yeah. And those yeah. guys made Silent Hill, which was amazing! Yeah. It's still... It, think, yeah, still to this yeah. day they talked about. It. And me and you were just talking about it the other day when they say that they're rebooting it twice. They're going to do it two times, even better.
1: Yeah, that, no, no, that's the best example of what I can, I'm talking about that you could have in the sense that... They were, they were by, by their environment, were walking in a void that had no precedent. Mm. And it allowed, from the void, allowed them to, to bring this out, where they weren't sort of trying to, they weren't trying to keep up with anything previous, or they weren't afraid, or they had nothing to lose, literally.
0: No, they didn't. All they had to lose was their jobs, which they were already told they were, they were done. As soon yeah. They were told, like, bring something out, and after that, you're finished. Yeah. So they had nothing to lose.
1: Yeah, they were like class, weren't they? They like the guys that were at the back of the class that weren't quite sort of there, and, and they were given stuff to scribble on and see what you come up with, kind of thing. Yeah,
0: that's. i oh it, was, it was something fantastic, didn't they? they? They did, and they and they hit the nail in the head three times. That's unprecedented. Yeah, you know, like they they hit it off yeah. one, two, three, and even four. Four was okay. But to, to hit it and that level of yeah. art, that level of passion that was poured into that really yeah. took that medium and threw it to the sky compared to where like Mario yeah. before threw it on the pavement, you know, and brought it and said, like, yeah. OK, everyone stop and look at this. This is this is art. This is a story and a narrative. Yeah. And it's the basis of Yeah, it, it took so much from Crimes and Punishment and other of those classic novels that. Yeah. People weren't ready for it. Yeah.
1: You know? No, they, they, they introduce other dimensions of, of uh, kind of subconscious Freudian symbolism and all sorts of, you know, they, 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 they introduce all sorts of new dimensions to the game. They're completely new. I remember that's why I remember reading Lovecraft for the first time. And he wasn't referencing in his in his demons or whatever you want to call them in his in his mythos. He had no previous reference to anything. There was no Judeo-Christian reference. There was no uh, reference. He, this was all completely new from his head. And I think I, I think that's kind of where it's at. Really, just I think we should are really only co- a sort of a conduit for some. Some um, some mysterious creative place, and, and that's what the artist really is. He's a sort of a a speaker. The, I don't know. The, the, like like the old shaman? He'd he'd go into a sort of a he'd go into a trance, and he'd he he you know he'd he'd speak out the, the, the messages from some some creative place. The only way, because I, I, I think that is the actual role of the artist.
0: I think we all should fucking be, because this is crazy. This is nuts. This is all.
1: It kind of of relates to what I was talking about in the sense that isn't the whole, if you think the whole money, the whole idea of money and private property, it's almost becoming outdated at this stage.
0: Prehistoric at this
1: stage. You know, it is prehistoric. We're so advanced, mechanised. I mean, a few people could feed the rest of us. And everything else is very abstract. Why, Why do we have to make slaves out of one another for some weird reason, some weird old outdated work ethic that means nothing? I mean, even if we are totally productive, the planet can't fucking take it. The planet doesn't have the resources to consume, continue to consume.
0: I, isn't it that's see that's a that's a can of worms there right because that's i feel true. like personally right if you if you see a caterpillar right the caterpillar is on the leaf and the leaf yeah. is that caterpillar whole world yeah and he eats that whole thing he turns into the butterfly yeah. is that what we're meant to do is yeah. that what the hereafter are we consuming this so that the next thing is better. Like I, I don't, I don't know. It's hard to differentiate the evils that be to the good that the evils can make. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, unintended consequences. It's quite possible. It's quite possible. There's no other yeah. way than this. Maybe. Maybe we have to be and you know, you know. I mean, the alcoholic doesn't stop drinking until the pain of drinking. Gets greater than the pleasure. Uh, it's a kind of, He won't unless he's forced in that way. So maybe that's with us. If there is a grand plan, it's, I don't know. He uh, uh, I... gave years working in, in, in the father's business. I gave years, the best years of my life. And you know, and it's only in recent years. I didn't draw for fucking 20, 20 25 years really? I didn't draw for. Yeah, and I, I ran a business, and I had ten people working for me at one How stage. I had a business called. S- I had a garden shed business, but um, it was never really me. You know what I mean? I was never really, even though it was quite successful. Except for it hit the hit the recession that time, but um, that's a huge regret. That's a huge to me. That's a huge hole going on in my yeah, life.
0: And it's just when that light you know, is there that of that missed thing, it's so hard to think back and not yeah. focus entirely on that rather than what you did have rather than the opportunities you didn't take yeah,
1: and maybe I wasn't ready maybe i maybe i maybe i I wasn't ready to be you know to put stuff out and, and I wasn't as complete a person I suppose as I am now. You know, um maybe I just wasn't ready for the show.
0: Yeah. We're gone again, are we? You're an artist, I hear. So they so they tell me anyway. <laughs> They've been telling Do you do you find that as well that like no matter how good you get, you always kind of feel like you're a fraud?
1: Uh, um, that is a good question. I suppose I'm aware that um, uh, most of what 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 little skill I have, uh, I think was sort of learned rather than was a talent, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think it's an accumulation of of. I think it's accumulation of years of just learning different stuff. Learning, we say, perspective and and um, anatomy and color and uh, there's a few more that that don't spring to mind immediately but and then they all sort of go together cumulatively, and form your art and then people think you have a talent
0: yeah i think it's the part where where somebody says to you like um you know oh oh you're really you're really talented but then you don't when you're thinking about that you're when someone says that, you have to say thanks, right? You can't not say that. Yeah. But they're not taking into account that you spent years doing it and you're only, you only feel safe enough to put it out there now, you know?
1: Yeah, and I think they're ascribing to me some innate um, quality that I was born with. And I don't think... I, I honestly don't... I'm not sure if that even exists. Like, if you no, take... You know nice. the violin is six hours a day on his is uh, violin since the age six, and then he's twenty five and he's suddenly talented. Do you know what I mean? The, okay, there are people with certain predispositions, uh, but if they don't develop it, some of us willing to work hard will pass the mountain in no time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know? mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. I think that's that's definitely prevalent in things like music, right? Because. Some people just have a natural knack for it, which I wasn't born with. Um, yeah. But when, when in a way
1: that kind of in a way that kind of goes against my theory a little. bit. I see what you're saying there. Like with, with, with you say perfect pitch and and uh, relative pitch, some people appear to be born with that. All right. But, yeah, I'd but say I say even with that would be would be eclipsed by some by a grafter.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like you yeah. look at. Um, the likes of like we say that we take David Bowie. He always had an ability for music, which is noticed yeah. uh, way back that he that he could just kind of pick up yeah. and play, shall we say. But like everything, the the of Bowie, right, is the graph yeah. even even beyond that innate yeah. knowledge of music, he still had to work yeah. on it, and that goes for every artist. And the people. I
1: think so. I think so. I think that the so-called musical talent is simply an ability to identify relative pitch. A lot of uh, musicians don't have perfect pitch and they still become fantastic musicians.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I totally I'm right there behind you because if you have the passion for anything yeah. and you're willing to work on it, you will you will yeah. find. It. And it's just Yeah. It's a stepping stone, some, and it's a small stepping stone it, for the person who's not, we say, doesn't have the innate ability to the person that does. It's one yeah. stone that they're stepping. It's not a mile, you know, You though at the yeah. time it would feel that way.
1: Yeah, actually, what's occurred to me now is that it isn't really, it, it, for me now, the, whatever quality I have is not to do with ability it's more to do with something else. It's a sort of a drive. It's a sort of a drive towards maybe something. Something. The only way I can describe it maybe something kind of magical or some, some, uh, some. It's very hard. Some metaphysical way to communicate with people using the yeah. art form. That this kind of. You know, um, taking something in the in the imaginary world or something completely new and being able to pluck it from there and present it. And in order to present that, you have to have some sort of a medium. You know, like if you the artist sees the sunset and he wants to communicate this, you know, Van Gogh would say, he sees this vision and he wants to communicate it. And then he, he decides he, he uses painting as that medium where... It's not really anything to do with the ability to paint. It's the desire to communicate this, yeah. this metaphysically. You it's, know, I think that's what drives me.
0: It's, it's it's funny you should say that because as I went on to try try and paint, and I still I, I haven't ever found the hundred percent knack for it. But there is one thing that I hold on to very dearly is, um, we say that like you said, they're like a sunset or like the moon or whatever. You can't. Yeah take a photograph of it because the photograph does not uh, epitomize the feelings of mm-hmm. absolute mm-hmm. awe in front of this amazing mm-hmm. thing that occurred naturally so as we paint and we use our imaginations we kind mm-hmm. of um, exacerbate all those features that we've seen and now you're getting a closer um you're, you're a little bit closer to what you actually seen otherwise we would literally just take a photograph of it. there'd be no point of it
1: you know yeah. Is it just a sort of a, a desire to communicate something that can't
0: be communicated in words? <laughs> yeah, and, and it's that's a yeah. hard thing to talk about because there's no descriptor for it. It's it, it's almost like yeah. when, when you see something and it, you see directly with your eyes, but then all those added little bits that aren't actually there, they're just emotions and feelings. That's what you're trying to convey. You're trying to convey that part, you know?
1: it's yeah it's it's very very yeah it, you, you just hit the nail on the head the fact that it's it can't really be verbalized um you know um so if you take mathematical languages and things if you take what a physicist does on those on a blackboard you know he's trying to convey this certain set of knowledge and he's using that medium
0: Yeah. You exactly know, and um, and he's talking about things that aren't actually there, like you can't see, you know yeah. that he's breaking it all so down different. into numbers,
1: yeah, yeah, um, but like you say what what I mean I was looking I was listening to your intro there, and it is a profound question, what drives so many people in a of industry that doesn't really pay and doesn't even, okay, you you've got the top you've got to, like like rock and roll used to be you've got the top tiny percentage that are making an absolute fortune mm. and and have all the kudos and ha. but i mean the rest of us are sort of if the truth be known are sort of washing dishes you know
0: we are and that's um, the, that's what i want to tap into here uh, especially with with yourself is because you and i want to cuz i have really jumped into this podcast on the wrong foot cuz we're so ecstatic about actually getting it to work We've
1: been able to make communication, yeah, and then yeah. we we've been isolated. It's like, it's, we're like Pavlov's dogs. We've been isolated, <laughs> yeah. and we couldn't communicate, uh, even even electronically. So we were just set up for.
0: It. <laughs> <laughs> so um, oh my god, yeah. Uh, so yeah, like, no, you um, you you've you've been doing comic books, if I'm correct.
1: Yeah, I I did some um. I did a, a graphic novel on um, the Civil War, um, and I it, it was based on the Siege of Waterford. And then I did um I did some stuff for for the Clonmel Tourism. I did a book on Cromwell,
0: oh, and
1: Cromwell. Wow. Um, yeah, I, it was really interesting. I did a it did I did a a book on on his siege of Clonmel, you know, and um. It it was it um I researched it and and, and presented the siege in, in graphic novel form, and um I wrote a book for them too on 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 Biancony, and uh, I have other stuff about I've stuff on Petticoat. We're we're doing something next this year on Petticoat Lewis, the Witch of of Knockmuldell. Of um and yeah I've, I've I've bits and pieces around um comics would be my first love as it were i've also done a bit of a co- bit of um wood sculpture and different yeah. stuff sc- i have a both the Collins knocking around and different oscar wild and people i i used to uh i used to do i used to do a bronze i used to in this mock bronze they used to do the timber originals and um, I have some um, sculptural work around the place. Um I did a bit of songwriting two years ago. I wrote a few songs I wrote a song actually for Christy Moore, he he it was based on the Birmingham Six. Um it's called Scapegoats, it's on one of on one of his albums. Really? So yeah,
0: um, All, right. All right. so slow so down, right? wind back a second here because you have to kinda of blow my mind. A little I bit, what I
1: actually have. Sorry about it. Sorry, for about, i what I have in, in Corbett's Court Hotel. Yeah, uh, I have a, a full-size oak carving of Christy Ring. The, the oh, cor- yeah, the hurler. I, yeah, it's 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 I'm carving a single piece of oak, it's it's quite. It's it's something I'm really proud of, you know. Yeah. Sorry, why to ask me, What were you going to ask
0: me? Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say because you're absolutely at the blow my mind now that you've done all these mad, crazy things that people, certain people, like they, they won't even get that far. And then at the beginning of this podcast, you told me, yeah, some people kind of call me an artist. <laughs> you, you've done you've done a shitload of stuff, right? So let's go way back, right? When how well, actually, how did you I'm start from that?
1: Yeah, just one thing I'll say, but I I find late, I find it's become, how would I put this without sounding? I find it, there's so too. I find at times I have too many ideas and that can be a problem. Mm -hmm. I can be sort of, I I could have five different uh, uh, books going at once and, and, you know, I find that can be a problem. I find it's like a lot of people trying to get to, to one doorway.
0: Yeah and I actually i understand what you're saying because i used to write reviews yeah. for for a website and yeah i would be doing a review a painting of the review which just sounds kind of dumb but like yeah. i i just do yeah. the painting to promote the review and yeah. i ended up falling in love with that more but while i was doing that i was also working on whatever essay at the time and all these things because yeah. you want to start something new halfway through the thing yeah. that you're doing. Yeah. And then you yeah, can't a, finish it's anything. Problem, isn't it? It's horrible. It's
1: horrible. Yes. It's awful. It's absolutely awful. I believe writers suffer from it. something awful. It's, they have the start and they're all excited and they might even have an end. When, somewhere around the middle, they go to. <laughs> oh, you know, it's just horrible. I, but go I've on. Been, sorry. Sorry. I, don't, don't ask me now. I, See, been, this is it. It's happening. It's happening now, (laughs) actually. Go
0: on in. I've been been literally in tears because I was working on something that I can only describe as probably the, the best idea that I've had. That was the most kind of, how could I put it, that you could sell well to almost anyone that came your way. And what it was, was breaking down the Wild West in film and comparing okay. or contrasting it to the actual Wild West, and then contrasting that to society as a whole and the horrible metamorphosis that I, that I went through the whole way through. And I began writing this, and okay. I, and, I, and I went about three quarters of the way, realized that to kind of redo the start a little bit, and I had to get something yeah. for the middle, and I knew where it ended, and I had this big long sprawl with the book Blood Meridian in the middle that was basically sprinkled throughout this whole article and it was fantastic it was amazing but it drove me to tears and it's my second year working on this thing and i haven't i I can't go back to it because every time it drives me nuts it drives me crazy yeah yeah Yeah, no I,
1: i totally get that and um you would nearly have to start saying to yourself, even though this this thing might be awful, but it's way better
0: just to finish the damn thing. Yeah, somebody, Mark, Mark Bernardin was on another podcast with Kevin Smith on Batman on Batman, is the name, of it. and he said, and it's the best advice I've ever heard: is no matter what, don't start something new, finish. And then that's when I realized everyone yeah. has a problem; it's not just us. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, it's no, it, t- it takes some. Actually, a Cromwell book, funnily, I was able to actually do that because I sort of had a beginning, middle, and end, and I had a waiting audience, which is huge. You know what I mean? I had people around me that were in that were sort of supporting me. And maybe when you have that sort of infrastructure around you and, you, and deadlines you, and things,
0: you, you need a support.
1: For the artist that's trying to. Be, you know, just trying to. An unpublished person, for instance, that's. It doesn't have an actual. You know, it doesn't have an actual deadline or an actual. It's really, really hard.
0: So there you heard it, guys. Eamon Kellen finishing up, uh, talking about deadlines and finishing things. And with this unfinished episode zero, we didn't get to finish it. But thankfully enough, we will get to it at some stage. And if you got this far into this podcast, all I can say is I love you. Because it's such a, It's a definitely interesting, but because of the technical issues, it's kind of all over the place. So thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back. We might even be back later on. I'm not certain right now, but we will definitely be back with, a, with another podcast episode. So thanks, guys, for listening thanks for tuning in thank you for supporting me and all of those of you who shared it on facebook and listened the whole way through and who liked it and favorited it and all of that you can get this on spotify you can get this on a music store i think and you can get it directly on the anchor app so thanks so much for everything guys and we'll be back again